The Titans beat a surging 49ers team on Thursday Night Football thanks to the triumphant return of A.J. Brown. This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go! Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Tuesday, December the 28th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. I hope everyone had a really, really great Christmas. I know I did. Just spent time with family, hanging out, eating more food than I should, watching some football. Um, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope that you are enjoying this final week of 2021. 20, you know, the whole year just flew by. Maybe it's a result of 2020 feeling like it lasted a million years, but 2021 seemed to fly by. We are here at the end of the year. We're here at the end of the football season, and the Titans get a big one this past week on Thursday Night Football uh, against the 49ers. We're going to get all into that today. We've got three segments today as usual, but we're actually going to switch out our post-game pressers segment for a new segment on the show, Status Report. The status report segment uh, will come after our weekly recap of week 16, as well as our quick hits at the end of the show. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Excited to talk a lot about the Titans. Got a lot of information to throw at you today. So, real quick, make sure, like, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. Leave a review. Eventually, I will take the ratings and reviews, and we will read them on air, and I'll give you a shout-out. So, leave a five-star review. Have something nice to say, leave it. If you have something funny to say, leave it. If you have something mean to say, get lost. But uh, <laughs> leave a five-star review, and I will shout you out on a show in the future. Uh, thank you for doing that in advance. It's really helpful to me, really helpful to the show. Enough of my rambling. Let's get into the Titans Week 16 weekly recap. The Titans got a huge win on Thursday Night Football over the 49ers, 20-17. to Mike Vrabel said after the game, the funeral for the Titans was supposed to be yesterday or today, and we're not dead yet. And that, you know, put that on a t-shirt, Titans fans, because the Titans are not dead yet. They looked dead in that first half, abysmal first half, worst half of offensive play calling by far from offensive coordinator Todd Downing, who we got into that in more detail on the Home Run Throwback podcast that came out on Friday last week right after the game. Go check that out if you want to hear more of my thoughts on Todd Downing, but we're not going to focus too much on him today. You can get that elsewhere. Today, we're just going to talk about the game real quick and then get into a lot of different scenario breakdowns of the Titans in our next segment. So in this segment, we'll just cover the essentials from the game. Just a quick recap. This is the Titans' sixth win. The 49ers win was uh, against the current playoff field, which is the most of any team in the NFL. The Titans, you know, they like we have said forever, they win games that they are not supposed to win and they lose games they are not supposed to lose. And I think this would classify as a game they won that, according to Vegas, at least they weren't supposed to win. And yet they did, like I said, an abysmal first half, but they stuck around. It was kind of an inverse of their game in Pittsburgh, where one team seemed to just dominate in the first half of the game. But you look at the score at halftime, and it's not quite as reflective as how the game has gone. And in the NFL, that's always a scary thing. If your team is dominating another, but you look at the score and it's not reflective of that, the other team is sticking around, taking the punches, not falling down, typically that open, that cracked open door for them to come back tends to bite you in the butt, and it did for the Titans against Pittsburgh, and it did for the 49ers against the Titans because after half, the Titans came out with their hair on fire, and by the Titans, really, I mean A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill, 
A.J. Brown, he accounted for 69.4% of the Titans receiving yards on Thursday night, which is the highest percentage by any player this season in the NFL whose team threw for at least 200 yards. Now, Ryan Tannehill came into this game with a 65.6 passer rating on third downs. In this game, he had a 114.4 passer rating on third downs, nine of which he turned into first downs. He was 11 for 13 for 149 yards in the game on third down. So he came in 27th in the league of 32 qualifying quarterbacks for quarterback passer rating on third down almost doubled his passer rating in this game on third down, had a fantastic game, especially on those late downs. And his go-to guy was AJ Brown in those situations. The Titans also went into this game with a just dreadful situation on the offensive line, but they had guys step up in a big spot. Rookie lineman Dylan Radens, second round draft pick for the Titans, I'm not sure what position you'd call him. He In college, he played left tackle, and in this game, he played left tackle. The Titans seem insistent on moving him around, but in this game, he played left tackle as the third string behind a down Taylor Lewan and Kendall Lamb, both on the COVID list, and Taylor Lewan dealing with an injury. He stepped in and looked all right. Honestly, you know, a lot of people were wanting to throw him a parade after the game. He was fine. He was probably the the worst of the guys on that line. I know statistically he wasn't the worst, but he also got the most help uh, and allowed a number, uh, you know, uh, five pressures, I believe, if that is correct in my head, not looking at it right this second, but he had a, a fine night. And the important point is he didn't stick out, especially in the second half of the game. He did not stick out as a problem and he held his own and they did enough to win. That offensive line was a real ragtag group. They were missing the entire left side. They had already in recent weeks been dealing with trouble on the right tackle position. Uh, ultimately, they did enough to win the game and they stepped up in a big spot. The The offensive line should be commended for a really, really great game from them. Now, Dylan Radens, who is the rookie who played left tackle, he was asked after the game what his ideal position is moving forward. Now, like I said, he played left tackle in college. The Titans seemingly drafted him to take over the right tackle position eventually. But they've been moving around at tackle, at guard, seemingly training him as a swing tackle, then deciding that they wanted to primarily have him at right guard. It's been confusing, frankly, to follow. But they've been moving moving him all over the line and in this game, he played left tackle. He was asked what his ideal position is, and he said that he wants to and likes to play tackle, but added that he's willing to play wherever the coaches want him. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he is used going forward, assuming he develops into the player that the Titans hope and want him to be, being a second-round draft pick, being a starter eventually. This was his first game in. He seemed all right at the left tackle position potentially they will train him to be a swing tackle and he can take over that right tackle position. That would make the most sense in terms of their needs. But that's something that we will, we will monitor going into the offseason and into next season. Now, the Titans' defense in this game was fantastic in, in both halves, really barring the first two drives of the game. The Niners were able to move the ball offensively on the Titans' defense. At the very beginning of the game, the Titans' defense, frankly, looked the worst it had in weeks if not months the the Niners moved the ball up and down the field with ease scoring a touchdown on their first drive and then nearly scoring a touchdown on their second drive Jackrabbit Jenkins cornerback back from uh being injured the last couple of weeks 
his first game back. He saves them with an interception of Jimmy Garoppolo intended for George Kittle in the end zone. It kind of uh, kept the Titans in the game, and they didn't score immediately, but it kept the Niners from jumping out to a massive lead. The defense has been playing with their hair on fire, and outside of the very beginning of that game, they looked really great. They, on average, are allowing just 18 points per game in their last nine games and only 12 points per game in their last three. Now, Kevin Byard, Titans standout Pro Bowl safety, he said uh, after the game that he knows for a fact that being Pro Bowl snubs motivated Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry in this game. That's something we didn't get into a ton last week, and I I don't want to get into it a ton, frankly, because the Pro Bowl is a bit of a joke, to be honest with you. It's becoming more and more of a joke. I think all pro designations are significantly more reputable, more accurate in terms of who is deserving of what. Um, But Jeffrey Simmons not being a pro bowler is just demonstrative of how ridiculous the pro bowl is and how the voting is, is clearly flawed that how the selection is clearly flawed for the pro bowl Harold Landry as well. Both of them were snubs from this pro bowl. I believe they're both alternates, but they did not get, uh, the the recognition that they deserve, and that was something that motivated them in this game. All right, that's enough about the game. It's been a couple of days. There's more important things about the Titans that I think you'll be interested to hear, so let's move on to our status report segment. All right, in this status report segment, which is a segment that I probably plan on bringing back in the coming weeks, it's something that I just want a a space in the show for us to go over where the Titans are in terms of seeding, probabilities, scenarios, uh, looking forward to the playoffs, looking forward to the end of the season here as things tighten up. There's a lot of different scenarios that are interesting to dive into. So that's what we're going to do here. The Titans win on Thursday night increased their odds of getting the AFC one seed According to the New York Times playoff calculator, which I've advertised on here many times, pro bono, you're welcome, New York Times. Uh, Go check it out. Just search New York Times NFL playoff calculator and you will find it. Let you play with a bunch of different switches and toggles, figuring out what the odds of different scenarios are in terms of who's in, who's out, and the seeding of the playoffs. Now, their win, according to that calculator, uh, it increased their AFC one seed odds from 12% before the game to 24% after the game. And then that was also contingent on New England and Kansas City, who going into the weekend were ahead of them in the AFC. They played, New England played Buffalo and obviously lost, and Kansas City played Pittsburgh and just beat the living crap out of them. I tweeted, I tweeted on uh, Sunday when that game happened that, that the, the team the Titans lost to last week is currently being beat into the ground so badly by the Chiefs that it reminds me of how the Titans beat down the Chiefs earlier this season. Welcome to the NFL, where the transitive property rarely applies. Now, Kansas City obviously killed Pittsburgh, but Buffalo helped the Titans out in a big way, knocking off New England, so their chances at the one seed increased from 24% before that New England loss to 27% after it. Uh, I believe right now it's changed based on a couple of different scenarios, but the point is it's right around 25-27% chance of having that one seed. In order for them to get that one seed, they need to win out, and they, they essentially need the Chiefs to lose this week at the Bengals. They're in Cincinnati for a really big game. Cincinnati 
was probably the second most impressive team besides the Chiefs beat down of the, the Steelers on Sunday. The, the, the Bengals just demolished the Ravens. Joe Burrow, 525 passing yards. They look really hot. They look really dangerous. They're going to be a playoff team. Obviously, they're leading their division right now. They're right behind the Titans at the third seed in the AFC. That's ultimately going to be the game that decides the one seed, it, assuming that the Titans win out, which, again, is a pretty large assumption to make, but they should win out. They absolutely have no excuse to lose to the Dolphins this week or in Houston in their final week. So the the Chiefs also play Denver in their final week. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in Kansas City or at Denver, but regardless, um, you know, technically they could lose that game and that could be what decides the one seed. But uh, I would save yourself the disappointment of banking on Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke being the reason the Titans get the help they need. I think that Joey Burrow is the reason that the Titans will have the one seed if they do end up having it. If they don't, if the Chiefs handle the Bengals next week uh, and they win out, they will be the one seed and the Titans will be the two seed, uh, barring a loss from the Titans in either of their two remaining games. So... Outside of the Titans in the AFC South, just looking around the division, looking at the Colts who have been making a push of late for the AFC South crown, the Titans, the scenario now is the Titans have to go 0-2 for the Colts to win the AFC South, and the Colts have to win out. Their remaining games are uh, hosting the Raiders and, I believe, going to Jacksonville. Now, the Colts handled their game against Arizona on Christmas, was an impressive win, even though Arizona had multiple chances to win that game and blew it, but that's Arizona fading down the stretch. Always fade Cliff Kingsbury at the end of seasons, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, the the Colts have to win out. Their COVID situation right now, kind of bleak, kind of up in the air. Uh, they've had a number of key players go on COVID, a number of key unvaccinated players go on the COVID list, including today their quarterback, Carson Wentz. Now, the NFL, not to get too far into this, if you want to figure out more about this changing, confusing situation, go to my Twitter, at Easton Freeze. I'm talking about it on there pretty regularly, especially when there are updates to the protocol. But the NFL is currently in talks with the NFL Players Association to change the COVID protocols in line with the changes that the CDC made to their health and safety protocols, or I guess CDC guidelines, they call them, uh, this weekend, which primarily revolves around the 10-day quarantine period being cut in half to five days, which is based on the fact that this new Omicron variant is seemingly not being transmitted by people that are asymptomatic. This is not a medical show. That's just the the very quick five-second elevator pitch on what's happening in the league. So, based on the old NFL COVID guidelines, the Colts would be without a number of key players in their game this week against the Raiders, uh, including Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson are the three biggest right off the top of my head. Those three guys would for sure be out because they are unvaccinated and on the list. Now, if the NFL adopts this new guideline, which it sounds like they're going to as soon as tomorrow, Wednesday, this could mean that those guys are back, potentially, even Carson Wentz with such short notice, depending on what the NFL, what the, the specifics are around what they change their guidelines to, asymptomatic versus symptomatic, vaccinated versus vaccinated. There's a lot of different variables at play that the NFL is going to have to decide how they want to structure that new guideline, that new protocol for the league. But there's a chance that those guys get to come back because of that smaller quarantine window. 
Now, they again, they play the Raiders at home uh, in Indianapolis this weekend. The Raiders are also fighting for their playoff lives. If they win out, they've got a good chance of getting into the playoffs. So the Raiders are going to be giving it everything that they have. The Colts are not going to win the division. It's over. The Titans just have to win one game or the Colts have to lose one game. But the Colts are almost certainly going to be in the playoffs. They're a very good team that, you know, I don't think the Titans would want to see for a third time. That's a discussion we might get into another time on this show. But per the New York Times calculator, the Titans have a 99% chance to win the division now, which, like I've said all along, the division was settled in October. It's all too little too late for Indy. They made a nice run at it. Even when the Titans were down, they took their chance. They took their swing, but it was just not enough. They blew this division uh, before we got to November, which is a shame for the Colts. Uh, now, the Titans go on a mini-buy now. Uh, this week, they're currently on a mini-buy. They'll have a 10 days rest between their Thursday night game and their Sunday matchup at home against the Dolphins. So they should be as healthy as they've been in terms of injury, at least, in some time for their, their game this week. You'd expect Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold to be back. In fact, Saffold was activated from the COVID list, uh, I believe, Monday. Lawan is still on it, but it sounds like he's asymptomatic, so we'll see how long he's still on that list. Uh, A.J. Brown is now back. Julio should be good to go, although I'll mention a change to him here in a moment. David Long Jr. could be back as well. Um, Elijah Molden just got reactivated off the COVID list. They're at a point where they're kind of just waiting on Derrick Henry at this point, uh, besides the guys that they have on the COVID list, which, speaking of the COVID list for the Titans, they added Julio Jones, Buster Screen, Nick Westbrook-Akine, and Bud Dupree to that list on Tuesday. Uh, no, excuse me, today's Tuesday, on Monday of this week, uh, and in that transaction also got Saffold and Elijah Molden back off the list. Now, we're assuming that those four that just got added are all vaccinated. As far as I know, the Titans' active roster is fully vaccinated outside of Zach Cunningham, the new free agent linebacker addition from the Texans. So it's not out of the question that those guys, all four, could be back as soon as this week, um, especially with the guidelines changing. Um, there's a pretty decent chance, I think, and we've seen just in this last week that be the case. For example, the Chiefs had... Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, both on the list, added midweek last week. They activated both on Saturday. Tyreek Hill cleared the protocol on Saturday, and Travis Kelsey just barely missed out on clearing that protocol on Sunday. But they both had a chance to play, and one of them, in fact, did, even though they were added midweek to that list. So those four guys, pretty significant starters for the Titans. Julio Jones, Buster Screen, NWI, and Bud Dupree. But not a far... You know, not a far off chance that those guys are all able to go in this game if they can clear the new COVID, uh, new COVID protocol. All right, on to our final segment of the day, quick hits. I feel like I'm rambling particularly bad today. There's just so much information to get to, get to you guys. Uh, hopefully I'm not speaking too quickly and you're getting all of this. So yeah, apologies if the rambling is droning, but ton of info I'm trying to get out to you as fast as possible. You know the name of, name of the game of this show, getting all that info as quick as possible. Just a couple of things here in the quick hit segment, all of which I think you'll find pretty interesting. Now, the Titans have had a wide receiver finish with 145 or more yards receiving in a game 18 different times in Titans franchise history, 
A.J. Brown now accounts for five of those 18 performances. I think that stat is kind of alone is all you need to know in order to know that the it, the Titans are currently playing with their best receiver in franchise history. A.J. Brown is the best Titans receiver, uh, I think, by a, a pretty significant margin, uh, if, if you ask me. Now, another little tidbit for you. Mike Vrabel, he's been kind of the underdog god, especially in uh, betting circles. The guys that you go to in underdog spots, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, those guys historically have been big underdogs, but Mike Vrabel has passed them up. He is now 18 and 15 straight up. That's a 55% win rate in his career as an underdog, which is the best underdog win percentage by any coach since the year 2000 with a minimum of 15 games. Another small tidbit about this Titans team, which makes Mike Vrabel's performance even more impressive, is that with offensive lineman Christian DeLauro appearing in his first game of the season on Thursday night, he became the 88th different player. Let me repeat that. 88th different player to to participate in a game for the Titans in the year 2021, which that total of 88 is the most, and it's not, it's not, finished by the way the Titans have two more games to play in the regular season but that total alone is the most in league history outside of the 1987 strike season that included replacement players so the Titans 10 and 5 through 15 games about to lock up their division in contention for the one seed in the AFC and they have had the most different players on their active roster of any team in NFL history just an incredible achievement All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, make sure to check out Home Run Throwback, which is a podcast that I do with Jimmy Morris. Every week following the Titans game, we sit down, long-form discussion, talk about the Titans game, talk about the, the, the week of football that is. We discuss all of the interesting things that, that we got from football Sundays, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's a great episode. This week, we talked about the Titans win over the Niners on Thursday Night Football. Go back and give it a listen. If you haven't already, check it out. Home Run Throwback is the show. Get it wherever you get this podcast. Um, and also, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Make sure you're leaving a rate review, all the stuff we talked about at the top. We, in terms of the rest of this week, are definitely going to have at least at least one Titans Talk guest this week. Uh, potentially two. We'll see about that. I don't think we're going to get a Behind Enemy Lines guest for this week. Uh, it's just a difficult week to get a hold of anybody, frankly. Uh, it's this is just that weird week between Christmas and New Year's. Tough. Everybody's dealing with family. Everybody's, it's just a travel, kind of a weird spot. So we'll see. Outside chance we get somebody, but probably not. Decent chance we have two Titans Talk guests, which we'll do Wednesday and Thursday. What I can guarantee, we will have at least one Titans Talk guest either tomorrow or Thursday, and we will for sure have a... Uh, weekly preview episode on Friday. Looking forward to the Dolphins game. So at least two more episodes this week, potentially three. Check them out. If you're subscribed, you'll see those soon. All right, that's going to be it. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. 
thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. All press conference audio in this episode is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. A big thank you to them for making that available. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 to interact with me and keep up with any of our show updates. And finally, check out me and my very talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got great new content for you seven days a week. Until next time, I'm Easton Freeze. The Titans 10 is a Broadway Sports Media production.